This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 136, Mandalay. I trace the footsteps through the multicolored avenues that wind their way down to the sea. I see the birds that fly beneath the darkened sky. They are the messengers of dreams. Mandalay was the 39th track on the ELO box set, Afterglow. 11th track on the third disc, or the O-Disc. Originally meant for the Secret Messages double album in 1983, Mandalay was one of many tracks that were cut in order to whittle this down to a single album. It sat unheard until Afterglow came out on June 15, 1990, when Secret Messages was released as a double album on August 3, 2018, it was the first song on side 4. In issue number 15 of the Face the Music fanzine from 1993, Andrew Whiteside wrote, To make up for the comparative weakness of side 3 of the original Secret Messages double album, the band collectively blow a gasket on side 4, which contains some of their most inventive and challenging material. Mandalay is another brooding synth-laden epic, dark, remote, and mysterious. And he listens later, and I still don't have a clue what Jeff's singing about. Well, as tragic as all this is, it's a small price to pay for countless hours of top-notch entertainment. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. Last week, we had the greatest crime against humanity. Hello, my old friend. I'm not saying the song is the greatest crime against humanity. If you go listen to it, we both agreed that it was a pretty frickin' awesome song. Uh, the crime against humanity was that it was cut from secret messages and sat around for seven years unheard until it hit Afterglow. So we follow that mind-blowingly awesome song with uh, eh, meh, Mandalay. Uh, I don't hate it. When I ripped all my CDs, converting everything to MP3, I did include that one. Uh, I didn't leave that one out. There hasn't been a time in my life where I've said, man... I really want to hear Mandalay. That'd be really great. I don't know, it's just... There. There it is, right there. Not an awful song, but it's not a song that really sets my skirt on fire. I understand that it's not a get-up-and-boogie-yogi-yogi song, but there have been plenty of non-boogie-yogi-yogi songs that ELO has done that have just filled me with, oh, that was fantastic. Need Her Love, Don't Walk Away, some of the more dreamy synth-based stuff, after all. That was great. This one? Mm -hmm. I do like the ominous tone that the song has with all of Jeff Lynne's background deep... 
I do like the occasional... I think that one adds some power to what is pretty much just a... Holding down some keys on the synthesizer and dee do 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 on it uh, otherwise. I think I hear an actual snare drum in here. Doesn't sound like drum machine. Sounds like Bevan got to do something. Kinda. But other than that, five minutes of that and fade out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs) That about sums this up. Um, It's very much like a lot of other stuff off of Secret Messages that got me annoyed because it sounds like multiple songs jammed together and not working together either. Uh, We've got Jeff for the verses rewording the windmills of your mind. singing about the usual tempo and then all of a sudden bam elo grand vocals yeah from an older album possibly (laughs) from about 1976 (laughs) bam we got that in there and then it goes on to something else and uh there's no set structure to the song to be able to grip onto and go hey i really like this it's just we got this and bam we got this and ah we got this and oh we're going back to this and here we go again, and... Okay, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. And then it's over. And you're sitting there going, what the heck did this have to do with the city in Myanmar? Supposed to be a very pretty city. We've got a casino named after it. So it must be pretty. Must be some gambling there or something. But what the heck does this have to do with it other than him singing about multicolored buildings? Which could be anywhere. Could be any coastal city Mm -hmm. yeah the only thing i could find out about this song was something that andrew whiteside wrote and he wrote i i don't know what this song's about either so i'm not really sure what it's about and i forgot to look up the lyrics before we started talking which i don't know if that would have helped anything anyway it would not have no Mm. the lyrics are very understandable but yeah i was wondering if he was going to be talking about wandering around mandalay or because i was thinking in 80 when this came out or when this was made 82 that Burma or Myanmar as it's now called was not a place you were going to vacation in uh absolutely uh, <laughs> not yeah in, unless you wanted to have the adventure of your life and the end of it uh it was probably <laughs> yeah. a place to avoid in fact it was a place to avoid until pretty recently yeah. We still had, until a few years ago, we still had one of our little restrictions against them for doing business with them. Yeah. To tell you how bad <laughs> yes. that country was. There have been movies made about people escaping from there. I mean, it's not as bad as Cambodia was around the same time, but it was in the middle of uh, Civil War and a whole bunch of other things. And that's what I thought it might be about. I was thinking, oh, is he going to be singing about, from his perspective, of how things are going bad there when he's there? Is this going to be the typical European tourist stuck in an area that's about to just go to hell? But no. Not any- and he starts talking about science fiction and everything. Age is filled with science fiction. Um, okay, is this supposed to be Blade Runner (laughs) type of thing? No, it doesn't really come together idea-wise, and it definitely does not come together music-wise. No, no, it does not. 
Apparently nothing good happens when it's named Mandalay. I was looking up for something to put in a drop to segue between song facts and our discussion, and I did an internet search Mandalay, and then I found out, oh... Yeah, that was the hotel from which that happened. Where that shooting spree that took out 50 something people at a country concert across the street. Yeah, that also kind of puts a bad spot in my memory associated with the name Mandalay, and and now I can't help but think about it anytime I hear this song. Right. I was there at that same casino shortly after it opened back in 2000. Yeah. Because I went to go see a residence concert there. Because that was the closest they were coming to Phoenix, so we drove up to Vegas to go see them on their Wormwood concert, because they had a House of Blues in there, at least at one point. So that's my memory of Mandalay. It's a good memory, thank goodness. And I think I lost all the 20 bucks, because I'm one of those people where, okay, well that's gone. I don't think anything else is going to, I'm not going to just throw any more money into it. No, I, I also do the same thing. I go in with a set, you know, here's 20 bucks. When I blow through this 20 bucks and I don't win anything, I'm done. It's time to go someplace else, find a hooker or something. Yeah, I wanted drinks and food, so uh, I <laughs> at that point I said, okay, yeah, I'm just going to blow it on that instead of, and plus also concert merchandise. Yeah. Because that's what I came there for. Yeah. So, I think we've established that there is nothing good related to Mandalay. For the most part, even though, like I said, it's supposed to be a beautiful city and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, we can visit it again now. Mm, okay, well. But... Yeah, the song, I'm pretty sure it doesn't do the city any justice. Got something to say about Mandalay? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Hello, y'all. It's me, Donna, from the Xanadu Preservation Society website. And here's my shot on Mandalay. I wouldn't say this is a sequel to Hello My Own Friend, but Mandalay certainly has the feel and sound, especially in the intro, of Friend, as if it was competing with it. The lyrics and feeling are certainly the continuation, minus the absence of the central place that has been missing in this one. Jeff vocals haven't been this dramatic since the early days of El Dorado, especially the vamping back vocals. All fine and dandy, but the steam seems to have run out here. All that electric drum bouncing back and forth only alerts the listener to pay freaking attention, or at least stay awake during the slow pace. There's enough audio depth here, sure, but to my ears and patience, all of this dressing is barely covering over the knuckle-dragging creativity or lack thereof for a track. Hello, this is Dr. Troy with my thoughts on Mandalay. I'm just going to come right out and say this. Sometimes I hem-haw around when I'm not too fond of a song, but I'm just going to come out and say I do not like this song at all. And here's a couple of reasons why. First, too much vocorder. Now, I know that's become quite commonplace at this time. Even Paul McCartney used it a little too much, in my opinion, on his last album. But this song, almost six minutes long, is too much. And there's only one point, I think, during the song where Jeff doesn't sing through a vocorder. 
The rest of it is him singing through it and then his overdub vocal singing to it. And I'm like, please, please, God, let it end. And the second reason I don't like it, the song is basically a droning monotone. The melody doesn't change. The vocal style doesn't change. And it just goes on and on and on. And in that respect, it reminds me of a cross between a mid to late 80s Chicago ballad. You know, after Peter Cetera left and it was really hard to tell their songs apart. I mean, really, I, I don't want to live without your love. Look away and you're not alone. They're all the same song. I mean, can we talk here? So a cross between a late 80s Chicago ballad and a Nickelback song. And I mean, I know I've dissed Nickelback before, but I mean, come on. I don't even think Nickelback are under any illusions about them being a great rock band. I think they kind of make fun of that. But no, I'm sorry. This is too much. I wouldn't have even put it on the B side of anything. I would have just thrown it in the can. This has been a thought from Troy. Great moments in electric light orchestra history. I want to ask you about the song Don't Bring Me Down because first song without strings. And, and I'm wondering, did the novelty of the strings kind of wear off? Oh, after big a while? time. Yeah, I, I used to, it started out where like, oh, it's string day today. So we got the orchestra in for like two sessions of three hours each, which used to go, I used to go, oh, fantastic. Finally nail these and get them beautiful. And and then like a few albums later, like two or three albums later, it's like oh, it's string day today. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any more bleeding strings on anything. You know, I'm fed up with them now. But you know, don't but, want to deal with those guys. But well, because they were all unionized and yeah. they would not play past a minute past what they were playing. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're at the end of a song, they'll, they'll just stop playing and put the stuff away. And there's one minute to go on the song. And they go, oh, hang on, if you want us to play for the other minute, then you've got to play us for another session. So it wasn't very pleasant at all. Yeah. It was just nasty. It, you didn't feel nice with them because you felt, ugh, I don't want to do this really, but I'll have to pay another session fee for, the, for like 30 musicians just to play one minute, so they weren't very nice. I'm talking about 40-odd years ago. Uh, they're not like that now, I'm sure, because the string synths are really good now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one guy in the corner yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a synth. Well, we got, we got three real strings in our group, of course, as well. Yes. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I like the song. I fell asleep during the song. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 137, No Way Out.
Bye.